sermon and glasses. So, I'm hoping there'll be some visuals for this. Who is Melchizedek? That's what we're thinking about uh, as we start. Before we open today's Bible passage, there are a few things that you are going to need to know. And the writer to the Hebrews takes for granted that you know your Old Testament. And in particular, the writer to the Hebrews takes for granted that you will know a brief story from three verses of Genesis 14, the story of Melchizedek, king of Salem, or modern-day Jerusalem. And to save time and to save me spitting any more on the microphone, we're going to call him Mel this morning. Abraham has just won a great military victory when out of nowhere Mel brings him bread and wine. Mel is priest of God Most High. Mel blesses Abraham, and Abraham gives Mel a tenth of his plunder. Now here's the thing, when Mel appears there is actually no such thing as a priest of God because the Jewish law and the priesthood only comes in with Moses hundreds of years later. But here, out of nowhere, we have not only a priest but one who blesses Abraham, God's chosen one, and to whom Abraham gives a tenth of his plunder, a tithe. So Mel's appearance is mysterious, but clearly he operates as a priest. Now I tried to think of an enigmatic figure who appears out of nowhere and disappears as quickly as they appeared, and I came up with this. <laughs> oh, no, not that one, the next one, next one. How did that get in there? I came up with this. Another picture? No, no, there we go, that's better. Goodness me, not Liz Truss, but the Cheshire Cat. Mel is like the Cheshire Cat of the Old Testament. This can get really complicated. What the writer to the Hebrews is about to unpack is the idea of Jesus as our high priest. Can I have the next slide, Claire? For first century Jews, every priest was descended from Levi, nothing to do with genes, starting with Aaron, Moses' brother. So the problem for anyone who wants to identify Jesus as high priest of a new covenant people is that Jesus isn't descended from Levi. He's descended from Judah. So Jesus can't be a part of the standard Jewish priesthood. He must be part of a different priesthood. And this is where the only other mention of Mel in the Bible comes, uh, Psalm 110, a psalm which talks about a Lord raised up by God over David's line. So Psalm 110 verse 4 says, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever in the order of Mel. So David's ruler promised by God is a priest in the order of Mel. So what the writer is going to explain then is that Jesus is a better high priest. That's, what we're, that's where we're going this morning. So it's going to really help you to have the Bible open for our reading. And with, with that, it's over to Anne, who is going to come and read it for us. from Hebrews and chapter 4 
starting at verse 14. Therefore, since we have, it's page 1203 in the uh, Bibles in the pews. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Chapter 5. Every high priest is selected from among men and is appointed to represent them in matters related to God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray, since he himself is subject to weakness. This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins, as well as for the sins of the people. No one takes this honour upon himself. He must be called by God, just as Aaron was. So Christ also did not take upon himself the glory of becoming a high priest. But God said to him, You are my son. Today I have become your father. And he says in another place, You are a priest forever, in the order of Melchizedek. And then to chapter 7 and verses 1 to 6. This Melchizedek, or Mel, was king of Salem and priest of God Most High. He met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, his name means king of righteousness. Then also, king of Salem means king of peace. Without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, like the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. Just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. Now the law requires the descendants of Levi, who become priests, to collect a tenth from the people, that is, their brothers, even though their brothers are descended from Abraham. This man, however, did not trace his descent from Levi, yet he collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. And then to verses 11 to 19. If perfection could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it the law was given to the people, why was there still need for another priest to come, one in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron? For when there is a change of the priesthood, 
there must also be a change of the law. He of whom these things are said belonged to a different tribe, and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar. For it is clear that our Lord descended from Judah, and regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. And what we have said is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. For it is declared, you are, the priest, are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless. For the Lord made nothing perfect, and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Anne. What a marathon. Uh, fantastic. So there is such an enormous amount that we could unpack there, but I'm going for three brief thoughts, you'll be pleased to know. A human high priest, Mel as high priest, and then Jesus as high priest. So let's start with a human high priest. Uh, and if you've got that open, it's chapter 5, page 1204, verse 1. Every high priest is selected from among men. And then verse 2, he is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray, since he himself is subject to weakness. Then verse 4, and no one takes this honour on himself, but he receives it when called by God, just as Aaron was. The point then of a human high priest was to represent the people to God, offering sacrifices, receiving gifts in the form of tithes, a tenth of everything they had, and teaching people about God. That's what the high priest did. Put aside any thought of a priest with one of these in a church nowadays. This is not what this is about. Uh, and this passage does not talk about a human priesthood apart from the high priest. So that is not where we're going. A human high priest does those things. Then Mel as high priest. Then this is uh, on the other page, 1205. Chapter 7 and the end of verse 2. First the name Mel means king of righteousness. Then also king of Salem means king of peace. Without father or mother, without genealogy without beginning of days or end of life, resembling the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. Just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. So Mel as high priest is greater than Abraham, the founder of the faith. So chapter 7, verse 7, without doubt the lesser is blessed by the greater. So that's a human high priest, and that's Mel as high priest. So what about Jesus as high priest? Well, Jesus has the best of both. So chapter 4, verse 15, just a page back. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Jesus is fully human, and fully God. 
So chapter 5, verse 8, back over the page. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered, and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. So then, what does all this mean for you and me today? Well, the writer to the Hebrews likes the phrase, let us, and you get it quite a few times in the book. Uh, if you like, these are the first two lettuces that you get. Uh, if you like to think of fruit and vegetables during a sermon, two lettuces this morning. First, chapter 4, verse 14, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Friends, when you're tempted to turn away from God and do just as you like, Jesus has been there first. When you're shattered by physical pain, Jesus has been there first. When you're traumatised by the relationships in your life which have broken down, Jesus has been there first. When you're bereaved, when you're going without something that you want desperately, when you're lonely or friendless, Jesus has been there first. When you pray and pray and God is silent, Jesus has been there first. Some of you feel like you're sweating blood today. You need to know that Jesus loves you. He is with you. He has been there first. This is your high priest, the one who stands in your place and represents you to God. Jesus, the one who has been through death and back ahead of you. So with Jesus, you are never alone. With Jesus, you are never misunderstood. With Jesus, there is always hope, always a future, always a way forward, no matter how bad things are. That's our first lettuce. Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. And then chapter 4, verse 16, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. With Jesus as your high priest, you can approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Not confidence in yourself, in how brilliant and gifted you are, I'm sure you are, but confidence in what Jesus has done for you. You can approach the living God and receive mercy and grace. Mercy, you are forgiven for the things you've done wrong. The moment you say no, you stop saying no to God and turn to Jesus. And grace, God's free gift, if you like, I always remember it as God's riches at Christ's expense, grace. And doesn't our world need more of those two things, mercy and grace? Doesn't our church need those? Doesn't the Church of England need those? Just as Jesus the High Priest represents us in front of God, Jesus' people represent him in front of the world. So Jesus' people are called to be people of mercy and grace. 
If you've ever been let down by a fellow Christian, I bet it's because they failed to show the mercy or grace that they should have done. How sad that you probably all know people who have walked away from faith in the perfect Jesus because they were let down by one of his imperfect people. And maybe that's you this morning, wounded and let down by the church. And if that's you, Jesus hasn't let you down, but his people have. And insofar as I represent the church of Jesus Christ, I am so sorry. Today is your opportunity to receive afresh Jesus's mercy and grace where it hasn't been shown to you by others, to find his healing and a fresh start. And this week, all of you will have opportunities to show mercy and grace to others, perhaps in lots of ways. And you will face a lot of choices in the moment where you could react in one way where you won't be showing mercy and grace or in another way where you will. Choose those qualities for your life. Be intentional and pray that you will be a person of mercy and grace. So then, what have we learnt? Jesus is a high priest like Mel, sent straight from God to his people. Jesus is also a high priest like Aaron, a human called to minister to others. Jesus' people don't need a priest like me. That's such a relief for someone like me. You come straight to him as the source of all mercy and grace. And at our best, that's what we display to others. It is our aspiration at this church to be what? What's our vision? God's transforming people in our parish to love Jesus, to serve and tell others, and to be community. At our best, we display mercy and grace to others, but we are all sinners in need of a saviour. And Jesus' people sometimes let him and other people down, and sometimes really badly. We're going to just have some time now uh, of quiet prayer. There'll be more time when we have communion later. And I'm going to invite you to use that time to ask the Holy Spirit to show you where you need his gifts of mercy and grace in your life today. So we'll have a minute of silence now uh, before, the next, before we then sing our prayer together and then have, take some time in communion and ask the Holy Spirit to be near you. And so we pray, come Holy Spirit.